OTB GAA. You don't just have a speech the Wednesday before a game. You go out and you rile up your team and go out and play the match with fire and brimstone. Now you analyse teams to death. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to end it if I can. Well, do it then. Again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <gasps> Why should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Welcome along to the football show on this Thursday evening. John Giles is going to be along with us just after half past nine to take a look back at all the Champions League action from this week and to look ahead to this weekend's games in Premier League. We're now having a look at the Ireland squad, which has been named for the next two internationals, a friendly against Latvia next Wednesday at the Aviva Stadium before they kick off their qualifying campaign for Euro 2024 against France on Monday week. Now, France will play against Holland on Friday the 24th of March before they come to the Aviva Stadium to play against Ireland. Delighted to say that Gavin Cooney from the 42.0 is with us. Gavin, how are you getting on? How are you, Will? I'm looking at this squad and I'm thinking probably not a huge amount of surprises. We can maybe talk about Ryan Manning and a couple of others who haven't made it in. But to start with, Mikey Johnson straight in. No surprise, I think, because of the way that Stephen Kenny has spoken about him. I remember when Mikey Johnson was coming through under Brendan Rodgers initially at Celtic, the feeling was he was going to be a very hot winger for Celtic. He then had a couple of years of injuries in 2020 and 2021, which kind of set him back a little bit. And since then, Ange Postacoglu has spoken about him going to Portugal as an opportunity to further his career at Celtic as opposed to just his career generally. Stephen Kenny's spoken very positively about him as well. Is this an exciting new winger coming into the Ireland squad or what do you make of him? Yeah, I think that that would definitely be uh, be the thinking of the coaching staff, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a very familiar looking Irish squad. I, that's to be expected. The, uh, they've, uh, I think the Stephen Kenny and his staff have done pretty well to build up a squad of players and find depth and in various positions over the last couple of years. So they were never going to deviate too far away from the players that they know and, and they've seen thus far um, for this for this fairly daunting Euro 2024 campaign. But the only fresh face in there is Mikey Johnston. And as to be expected, given uh, that Stephen Kenny was eager to get him on board, uh, Johnston's international clearance came through within the last couple of weeks. So so when he comes, uh, as regards like what kind of instant impact he'll make, I wouldn't be expecting one. He'll probably get a run out against Latvia. Wouldn't be shocked from not even to make the bench against France. Because Stephen Kenny is traditionally not throwing new call-ups right into the fray. Like Will Smallbone didn't play at all when he came in last November. I remember uh, Conor Ronan has been in and around squads and, and not made it onto the pitch. And Stephen Kenny did say that at his press conference today that this will be an introduction to him uh, for him to the squad. But maybe don't expect too much too quickly from him. But look, Stephen Kenny has talked about him uh, being the kind of profile of player that Ireland lack a little bit, certainly in terms of pacey wingers. Um, Ireland probably don't have too many of those uh, types of players. He's probably best in a 4-3-3, cutting off the left onto his right foot. Unfortunately, Ireland don't play that way, um, so he'll probably, well, he, he won't play up front, but he might play in behind the striker as one of those two, uh, two number 10s when Ireland do play a, a slightly more attacking style, which in fairness, we probably won't see against France. Yeah, and Callum Robinson isn't around for this window, so potentially there might be an option there, particularly for the Latvia game. Before we talk about the rest of the squad, the way that this comprises, Gav, with the Latvia game and then France afterwards, Keith Tracy was making the argument earlier that Stephen Kenny, as opposed to being experimental in the Latvia game, 
might be keen, given how long it is since this team have played together, to actually play a reasonable strength Ireland team to start against Latvia and maybe introduce players like Will Smallbone and others to give him a chance later in the game. But maybe he might see the Latvia game as an opportunity to actually build uh, connections, to build those partnerships ahead of the France game the week after. Possibly. Uh, I don't know how keen they were really at playing this game, uh, to be honest. I think obviously these are these friendlies are contractually obliged now at this point because everything is sold centrally through through UEFA. So if you could offer if you could offer them just a full clear week in the training ground rather than this, I'm not entirely convinced that they wouldn't say no to that. But this friendly will serve a purpose in terms of firstly getting minutes into into the legs of a few first teamers like Matt Doherty being the obvious one. Has played all of 16 minutes off the bench for Atletico since he joined them at the end of January. Uh, so he'll presumably play to get himself somewhat sharp for the game against the French. You'd imagine Nathan Collins will be in a similar position. They're, I mean, they're uh, using the Latvia game to, to start Evan Ferguson and build up a little bit of rapport and cohesion in attacking point of view is a, is a pretty convincing argument. They'll also obviously be doing that and be working hard behind the scenes of training throughout the full week. Like they have this Latvia game aside, Ireland are in the relatively fortunate position of having a really good lead in. Like they'll join, they're going to join, well, the camp will begin effectively this Sunday night and the game against the French isn't until uh, Monday week. So that's, you know, compared to uh, some of the windows that Stephen Kenny has had to work in, uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's lots and lots of time. It's almost an unimaginable amount of time together compared to what they're used to. But uh, I wouldn't be expecting them to go very full strength against Latvia, to be quite honest with you. I think the, the first team players who have played lots of games in recent weeks won't play in that game. So I'd be surprised if you see Josh Cullen. I'd be surprised if you see John Egan. Maybe... I don't know, will he want to rotate the goalkeepers? Uh, but then it will be used for the likes of, you know, Doherty uh, and uh, and Collins and these guys who will probably start against France just to get them uh, some minutes into their legs. Yeah. Um, Stephen Kenny, he's not holding back on Evan Ferguson. That was very clear from his comments earlier today that I don't think there's any case that he's going to dip in very slowly with minutes and maybe Adam Eden might start ahead of him. Or he, It sounds to me, Gavin, as if he has no problem actually throwing Evan Ferguson up front. And Why wouldn't he with the form that he's shown from Brighton this year? Well, the unfortunate thing for Adam Eden is he's probably going to be ruled out with injury. He went off for Norwich last night and left the ground on crutches. He asked not to be ruled out of the squad um, because he's gone for a scan, but... You know, things seem unfortunately pessimistic on whether Ida will be fit to join the squad, which is so disappointing for him, having missed all of last year through injury. On Ferguson, like the the expectation is generally that he'll start against France. I don't think anyone would be surprised at that. Um, it is to Kenny's great credit that they brought Ferguson into the squad in November ahead of schedule. I, I don't think that there are many people up in arms before that squad in November was announced calling for Ferguson to be included, but they brought him in because at the time they said, look, Ferguson could go out on loan in January, be playing regularly, uh, and thus would be in contention for this window. So we wanted to get a look at him. Now, he's not gone on loan, but he's still playing regularly at Premier League level. Like, how many strikers do we have doing that? The answer is one, and that's Evan Ferguson. So uh, my anticipation would be that he uh, would be that he will play. Kenny wasn't, you know... When Kenny was asked, um, was the temptation to start him? He did. He was coy on it, and he did praise the other strikers around them, around Ferguson, like Parrish and um, Ogbeni and Abafemi and these guys. Um, but it's a very compelling argument now to start Ferguson uh, against France uh, on reputation, obviously, but on form. You'd have to say that uh, he would be the natural pick. 
Yeah, I think the argument being made about 21s players being accelerated and advanced, thinking back to those uh, friendly international, particularly the Norway game, Will Smallbone came up continually during it because he played so well in the 21s campaign. Back in the senior squad this time around, playing for Stoke, he'll be hoping that he gets an opportunity to catch the eye, I would think, against Latvia. Yeah, you'd imagine that he will get his chance. I was slightly surprised that we didn't even see him against Malta mm. in November, but you know, I think that I think there has been a policy uh, in this under this management team really of not making it very, not just handing out caps for the sake of it. You know, like Stephen Kenny has mentioned on numerous times that you know to play for your country it has to be the most important thing. So from a selection point of view, you should make that difficult. You should have to achieve things. But uh, Smallbone, you know, has showed no signs of being disappointed by not getting onto the pitch in November. Has been playing very well for Stoke in recent weeks. A hat-trick of assists against Sunderland is probably his headline act. Um, and obviously now he's working at Stoke with John O'Shea, who's obviously now on, on Stephen Kenny's senior coaching staff with Ireland as well. So, um, yeah, you'd imagine you, we might see him against Latvia into midfield. And look, he's he's included uh, at the expense of Conor Howrahan, who's a you know a relative stalwart of that Ireland squad, has been you know in, generally included for years under three straight managers when he's been available. So uh, this is the first time in a very long time that he's been he's been omitted. Yeah, omitted at a time when he's fit and playing as well. Conor Herman was on with us on the show a couple of months ago and he was uh, talking about the fact that you know he was relishing the regular game time he was getting at Derby. He was starting to contribute some decent numbers again and he was very hopeful it wasn't the end of the road for his Republic of Ireland career. Um, in this case, it would feel as if Stephen Kenny is moving towards different midfield options, not to say that Herring can't get back in in the future, but um, him being left out here seems you know, quite a, a move in the road of Conor Herring's international career. Yeah, look, I mean, he had he obviously had that bad mistake when he we came came on against Armenia in that Nations League game in Dublin back in was it September or October time, um, and look, he's playing regularly, but you know, playing at League One, obviously Jason Knight is doing the same and in the same team, and and he's in this squad, but generally the rest of the midfielders are playing regularly and at a slightly higher level. That higher level is the championship okay it's not the champions league but it is it is slightly higher i don't think anyone certainly it's not the end of of Howard's international career or anything like that um and i and i do think he's on standby for this squad so you know one injury and he could be in um but yeah omitted omitted and omitted for this squad obviously with small bone with small bone taking the chance to impress over the last couple of months the other midfield options, we don't see Robbie Brady involved. We can probably talk about Ryan Manning in a bit more detail when we talk about uh, the defenders. But you can see that Mark Sykes has got in. Jimmy McGrath, I'm guessing, has been preferred probably to Harrahan as part of this uh, squad with the composition of the midfield too. And Sam Samakis seemed he was going to be picked because his international clearance had come through and the FBI had made a point of pointing out that his international clearance had come through and then a week later he's not in the squad. Yeah, again, I, I did expect to see uh, his name in there, Smodix. He has been playing pretty well for, for Blackburn side that are going well in the championship and has been playing in a almost central number 10 role, really. But, you know, Smallbone and McGrath are evidently just that, just slightly ahead of him uh, at the moment. McGrath, obviously, um, well, McGrath knows how, I don't know, I, I guess the word is fickle, how, this, how fickle this sport can be because McGrath was brought in at the end of, 2021 and really impressed you know I think he obviously started away to Portugal if I if I'm remembering correctly played over on the right hand side and played really well that night I thought yeah and just just kind of obviously diligent off the ball but also quite tactically aware and quite tactically smart knowing to drop in when he needed to and then won Ireland's first penalty for about 14 years at home to Qatar but then found himself out of the squad as soon as he stopped playing at uh 
oh, my memory is going to let me down now. He went He went to the, Wigan, didn't he? When it looked like he was going to go elsewhere and then it didn't work for him. Now he's back at Dundee United again. Yeah, so he's back in Scotland playing regularly and those back in the squad. So yeah, he's... Uh, He's in, and obviously Smodix hasn't 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 made it. Smodix is was in a squad ages ago in the summer of was it twenty twenty one for friendly internationals. But as it turned out, long long delay on getting his passport or getting his uh, his paperwork in order to satisfy FIFA. It is ready now, but he hasn't uh, he hasn't made the cut. But these are all, you know, like it's not exactly really high stakes stuff. These uh, squad announcements, you know, there are some players who miss out. Um, they notably miss out because Kenny doesn't do what Martin O'Neill does and name these enormous, you know, 38, 40 man squads uh, or preliminary squads before then, before then cutting it down. Football on off the ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports One of the takeaways I'd have here Colin O'Dowd has been put down as a defender So obviously he's been seen as a wing back uh, by Kenny as part of the system But uh, on the left hand side It looks like James McLean is in real pole position now to start against France And when that game comes around on Monday week But no Ryan Manning Despite the fact he's playing regularly at the moment and playing reasonably well He does seem Ryan Manning does seem to be the co-celeb of the uh, angry Irish football fan online this afternoon Look, it's a pretty. Uh, it seems Stephen Kenny says it's a pretty marginal decision. He was asked about Ryan Manning. I think it might. No, it was the second question at the press conference earlier today. Sorry, uh, and he just said that Callum O'Dowd are slightly ahead of him. So O'Dowd, uh, Robbie Brady has missed out as well on the squad. O'Dowd and Manning, uh, Brady are all similar in the sense that they were all attacking players who have now been retooled as left-sided defensive players. And Callum O'Dowd has been playing, well, occasionally left wing back, but generally left back in a back four for Cardiff City in the championship this year. And Stephen Kenny showered him with praise earlier today, saying that he was Cardiff's player of the year and um, thus far. So he's always been a fan of Odaida and what he can bring. Um, I, you know, initially that was as a right-sided attacker cutting in. Um, so that would have fit, that might fit a 4-3-3. But now Ireland have obviously changed how they play with a, with a back three and so forth. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's Odaida and McLean as the, as the prime candidates to start at left wing back. Uh, against the French, I guess Matt Doherty could play there, played there away to Portugal back in in twenty twenty one. But uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say O'Dowd is is probably the uh, the first pick there at the moment. Yeah, Matt Doherty's been a big favourite of Stephen Kenny's along the way, and he has played various different roles for Stephen Kenny over the last couple of years. His lack of game time at Atletico has to be a concern, though, because he lost his place at Spurs just before the end of the January window. He's had incredibly limited time since he went to Spain. Understandably, when Argentina's World Cup winning right back is ahead of you at club level, he's probably going to be on the bench for most of the season. And Atletico's good run of form has coincided with Doherty coming to the team, but not being part of the team. Does Kenny get worried that this guy's played very little football in the calendar year? Yeah, I think it is a concern. It absolutely is. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously got now Molina ahead of him at right back at Atletico. But when Molina was suspended for a recent league game against Sevilla, rather than throw Darty straight into the team, Simeone picked a back three and played Marcus Llorente at right wing back. So Darty came off the bench and played 16 minutes in a 6-1 win. And they're the only minutes he's played for Atletico so far. So it's now looking inevitable that 
you know, he will play, he will start against Latvia and that'll be his first start since I think the North London Derby, if I'm right, uh, way back in, in the middle of January. So that is a huge concern because Doherty is a very important player for Ireland uh, and the right wing back position is of particular significance against France because it's down that flank that they're most uh, dangerous offensively with Mbappe and probably Theo Hernandez. But then they're actually most vulnerable down that flank defensively as well. We saw, remember, particularly Morocco exploited that really well in the second half of the World Cup semi-final because Mbappe is an incredible attacker, but he just simply does not defend. And Theo Hernandez is a lot less defensively sound than his brother Lucas, who's obviously out injured uh, for this tie. And their only other option at left back is Eduardo Camavinga, who's a, you know, we saw how good he was in midfield for Real Madrid last night, uh, but he'll be at left back for uh, left back for France. So uh, that, I mean, you you could say from an Irish point of view, that uh, that right wing back role is going to be so important in this game. Doherty is the perfect uh, player for it, but very frustratingly, he's going to come in not particularly match fit. So um, I'd still be surprised if he didn't start there. Um, because there's not a massive amount of options otherwise, Coleman or maybe Alan Brown. Uh, but in an ideal world, Doherty would be coming into this having played at least well, at least ninety minutes. But uh, since his since his last set in mid January, I think that's an important point to make about France's left side because Camavinga played at left back for Real Madrid at the weekend, and he got cut out of position for. Espanyol's goal like he's a very good footballer but naturally his position is a bit further forward in midfield and if Ireland are going to pose a threat against France on Monday week it's going to be on the counter-attack and sometimes I think back to the Portugal game this year where you talked about Jamie McGrath and Seamus Coleman where Ireland were actually quite good down that side where you know spaces were being left and they would hope that if Mbappe is playing up really high that's an area where they can hurt them and to me that seems like if you had a in form and playing regularly Matt Doherty that's exactly what he'd love to be doing is running up there and terrorising at the other end. Yeah, and he, like, he can cause such uh, damage coming in, coming in field, coming in off that wing. So, and like, and that, that space is open there for France because, well, they ask Adrian Rabio to cover it and he generally does okay, okay at that role. But, you know, that is an area in which Ireland can attack France. So that, that, that Darty isn't, isn't going to be fully sharp is a massive disappointment for them, unfortunately. Now, look, they will. They had, if you remember, Aaron Connolly started that game in Portugal way back in 2021 because he was kind of the only attacker Ireland had at that stage that had serious pace to exploit those gaps. Uh, And in fairness to Kenny, he's built up a lot of depth now in those forward positions. And he was talking about this today, that the different profiles of players that they've got. So the likes of Obafemi and especially Chidozi Ogbeni now can be picked from the start to exploit that space with their pace on the counterattack. So it's not as if Ireland won't have options to exploit that space, but obviously Matt Doherty is their best right wing back. Uh, it's going to be an important role and they'd, they'd in an ideal world, which God knows Ireland certainly don't um, exist in, um, he, w- he would be fully match sharp and ready to go. And he might like to have Ogbeni's pace to be available there when he's tracking back during the game too. Um, if he's there, he's a guy who can go back and kill in Mbappe a little bit and actually offer a bit of support whoever's, to whoever is that right wing back as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the strange thing about Ogbeni is he's he's played right wing back 
quite regularly for Rotherham, or certainly did last season. Um, and I know the Irish management team always expressed slight bafflement to that. They always saw him as an attacker, but you know it gives him a certain defensive awareness um, if he is asked to, to plug into that role, even occasionally out of possession. So that's why I kind of think that Ogbeni will end up starting against France, although we're a little bit away from that that yet. I usually get my team. I usually get my team predictions wrong a lot closer to kickoff. Will with you guys rather yeah. than you know. Uh, go for it now, and uh, maybe I should go. Maybe I should, I should always go earlier, and then maybe it's more likely to be forgotten. Well, yeah, um, you can go early. It won't be clipped up. It won't be remembered by the time the game comes round, and you can easily turn and say, "Hey, look, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Then Adam Eda was ruled out, and then there was all these changes that had to be made." <laughs> uh, generally, like I always wait when you're talking about squads for the best part until at least the Sunday, maybe the Monday morning after the last round of games, because these te- these squads are always named, and next thing, four or five players have to cry out after the weekend that's just upcoming, so the squad might look very different come Monday as opposed to what's named today. Our football coverage is with thanks to Sky, all the football you love in one place, across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sport. Um, Gav, they did name the France squad today as well, and there's a real kind of feeling of change here. Usman Dembele, once we saw him last night watching uh, Sunderland against Sheffield United, it was pretty clear he wasn't going to be back for next week, he's resting currently. But with the retirements like Karen Benzema and Hugo Lloris and some of the players they have out injured at the moment, like Paul Pogba and the aforementioned Dembele, there's quite a different uh, feel to this France squad, even compared to the one that went to the World Cup. Slightly, yeah. Not massively in the sense that Olivier Giroud is still there. I have to say, I thought Giroud was finished at the World Cup, but he's but he's still there. And Deschamps was, was explaining that he's still there because he's still playing at a high level. And his clubmate Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been brought back for Sweden, and he's five years older than him. So naturally, Giroud is still there. But there are, yeah, there are some new players. Definitely, the centre back partnership will be new. Varane has retired, and Kempembe is injured. So now they're not stuck for options there. Pick two from Kanate, Upamecano, um, Fofana, and well, Jules Kunde Saliba as well. So you've also got William Saliba. William Saliba recently seen being uh, torched Bullied. by. Everyone. Ferguson. Yeah, only uh, that night. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here, obviously. Uh, and then obviously they'll they'll uh, they'll retool uh, Camavinga as an option at left back. And um, they've also brought in another another Lillian Churam's sons, uh, Kef Ren from Nice. So Marcus is obviously there as well. And then, well, twenty four year old Kylian Mbappe. Well, Mbappe's still only twenty four, so he's in the squad. He may end up being the captain. They haven't they haven't appointed one since the retirement of Hugo Lloris. And I don't like. France have obviously lost players. It's hard to make much of an argument to say that they're weaker in any of the positions in which they've lost players because Mike Magna of AC Milan is probably an upgrade on Hugo Lloris, I have to say. Lloris was obviously captain and brought a lot of that, a lot to that dressing room in terms of leadership and just basic common sense. But, you know, they still have some... Like, the options up front, they still, they've still they still got... They've got Kingsley Coman. You know, we saw how good he was for Bayern against PSG um, across the last couple of weeks. Griezmann is... You know, has become one of the great midfielders of international football, and he's listed as a forward. Uh, Colin Moani and Marcus Churam, we saw them make impacts uh, at the World Cup, and they're up near the top of the Bundesliga scoring chart. So um, there is a bit of ref- slightly refreshed look about the squad for France, um, but still very, very strong. The, the only places they might be slightly weaker at fullback, like Kunde. He's never, like, Pavar might play. Deschamps has never fully trusted him, I don't think. Uh, Kunde will probably play right back. We saw Di Maria take him to the cleaners in the World Cup final. And then at left back, it's Theo Hernandez. It's great going forward and not great going backwards. Or else it's obviously Camavinga. 
Yeah, Mikey Johnson, step into the team, play like Angel Di Maria and uh, give Koundé problems at right back. The only thing about uh, Koundé being an auxiliary right back at the moment, Gav, is the fact that he's playing for Barcelona an awful lot there. That was never their plan was from actually to play centre-back as opposed to right-back. But even taking that World Cup final uh, out of the account, Koundé, for the best part, actually looks really comfortable at right-back now for a guy who played the vast, vast majority of his football at centre-back at Sevilla. Yeah, I was clinging to something, Will, and that's that gone. Um... I have to say, because everyone uh, like looked at the weaknesses down France's uh, left-hand side behind Mbappe at the World Cup and thought that's the area to exploit. And the like, the brilliant move that Scaloni, of Argent- the Argentinian manager, made was to swap Di Maria from the right to the left and you know pull him wide and just get Koundé into areas in which he's not massively comfortable in because he's a centre back. His natural inclination is always to drift in. So if Ireland can get take Koundé out um, and just kind of pull him wide and get him into positions that he's not 100% comfortable in, there might be some joy there for them. But it's, you know, given Ireland's relative paucity of options down that left flank and just the way they play with wing backs and so forth, that might be difficult to do. They obviously don't have a player of, of Di Maria's quality. And I guess the way Ireland are going to be approaching this a couple of weeks to go till the game will probably be to try and dig in and be difficult to play against. The, in many ways, the blueprint is there. If we think of the Belgium games recently, Portugal recently, both home and away, that's exactly the type of performance I would think Stephen Kenny is looking for. It's probably fanciful to think that they're going to win, but they would want to put in a performance like those two teams particularly. I think so, yeah. But it's not... Like, Ireland will try... There'll be a very coherent counter-attacking strategy I would imagine you know like there was a great line that Kenny had I can't remember was maybe it was before the Belgium game there's no point sitting in and sitting deep because it's a slow death and France like France are particularly good at beating sides who just want to sit deep because look at the size of them you know they've got so many big guys that they're really dangerous from set pieces like Giroud is still there the centre-backs are enormous Rabiot in midfield is a real danger on set pieces and Griezmann's delivery is absolutely outrageously good Uh, so Ireland will probably need to pick some physicality to match them in that regard so there's no there's no point in sitting on your 18-yard box and then just booting the ball clear they will Ireland will have less possession they will have to play in the counter-attack if Ferguson is good to go he gives them an outlet up front just to hold the ball up that they've missed last year during Ida's injury absence. But we've seen uh, we've seen how, you know, the, the template for the counter-attacking strategy and to exploit space behind fullbacks and so forth was Portugal away. Obviously lost that game thanks to Ronaldo's late goals. But obviously, you know, they can they can learn a lot from that. And ironically, Stephen Kenny uh, said subsequently to that game that maybe they dropped too deep too early in that second half. So uh, they they won't they won't sit they won't sit deep on their 18 yard box. That's not how they're going to play. Uh, they'll yeah, probably mid block maybe and play in the counter attack. But uh, it's not it's not going to be 90 minutes of clinging on for your dear life because there's no point in doing that because France are too good. Gavin Cooney at the 42.8. Thanks for joining us on the Football Show. Our football coverage is with thanks to Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sport ahead of this weekend. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports.